Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Multi-Site Masters podcast. This is the podcast series that explores the art of leading and growing multi-site businesses, especially in the hospitality and retail sectors. So my name is Lee Sheldon and I'll be your host for today's episode. I'm also co-founder of the MMU Training and Development Consultancy, in which we're dedicated to helping managers achieve consistent operational excellence, leading to sustained superior performance. So welcome back to another episode of the Multi-Site Masters. And to be honest, today is a slightly different type of episode because we are gonna be exploring a theme that's very close to my heart, uh, very close to a lot of the work that we've been doing in Mastery Multi-Units MMU. And that's the topic of time management or personal productivity, if you like. Now, why are we coming back to this topic? Because let's be honest, it's not a, a new topic. The reason we're coming back to it is about 18 months, two years ago, I read a book by a previous uh, guest on this program, the uh, former Vice President of Operations for Walt Disney World, Lee Cockrell, and he wrote this book called Time Management Magic. And for me, other than the, the Disney link, if you like, it really does contain some very straightforward and, dare I say, if you'll pardon the pun, timeless principles around the concept of how individuals manage their time but not just about work. And he really brings into the fore the idea that we, if we had that one life, work, personal, and it all needs to come together. So today our focus is on time management and magic and how we're working with Lee to bring this to life in a new way in the UK for a one day programme. Now, I'm not alone in today's podcast. I have two guests with me. Uh, first off, I'd like to introduce my co-founder at MMU, uh, Daniel Mills. Hello, Daniel. Hello there. Uh, Daniel is um, not just a co-founder of MMU, but is also a bit of an expert on the topic of learning technologies and has, I think, from a technology point of view, some interesting perspectives around how personal productivity is both a help and a hinder in terms of technology uh, and the impact that it's having. But we're also very pleased to have with us today a gentleman called Andrew Lawson. So hello, Andrew. Hi, guys. Now, Andrew's role here today is that Andrew very kindly came on a pilot program that we ran for Time Management Magic a few weeks ago. And we're gonna be finding out why Andrew was interested in coming on a time management program, first of all. And in particular, what lessons did he glean from it when we go through the core content, which are the five productivity spells, which we'll be sharing with you during this podcast. And perhaps most importantly, what has he started to do and what is he gonna be doing to improve time management on a personal level? So thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Daniel, for coming to today's episode. And I think we'll kick off. Now, as I said earlier, um, time management magic, productivity books have been commonplace now 30, 40 years. And yet, as I said, it's a topic we keep coming back to. And arguably, it's getting ever more challenging and ever more important to focus on time management. Daniel, from your perspective, why do you think we keep coming back to this? Absolutely. And I think it is, as you described in your introduction there, a timeless subject because Today's world really represents a, a paradox because technology has both helped us to become more pro productive, but it's also started to hinder our productivity. And, and the reason for that is that technology is ever present in our lives now. Um, and the way in which we used to differentiate between our working time and our leisure time has become very blurred. Uh, the, there is an expression now called leisure time, where it represents that mix between that work and leisure. And the reason for that is our technology is constantly notifying us or alerting us to new information. 
whether that be a text, a WhatsApp, a, a badge notification on an app that we might have on our screen. So as a result, we have a, a sense of real need to respond to that notification at the time we receive it. And that can conflict with some of the personal time that we might be spending with families, you know, dinner table activities, whatever it may be. So as a result, that, that, that real distinction that we used to have between work and leisure is getting quite confused. But as a result of our attention always constantly being under attack by that notification or the, that, that buzzing of our technology, we're really starting to struggle with getting the most important things done um, because often we are putting the urgent ahead of the important. And that's really where the Eisenhower matrix, uh, first developed by then the, the President Eisenhower in the States, became quite famous by uh, Dr. Stephen Covey uh, as the time matrix uh, based within his uh, seminal program around the seven habits. And we've started to really educate ourselves and become more familiar with this language of importance and urgency. But many people still struggle with that understanding of where they would place their time and in terms of the tasks, what they would actually see as urgent versus important. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Daniel. Um, I see this all the time in, in hospitality, um, working for TGI Fridays. We, we have a lot on every day. Everyone seems to have different priorities. Everybody needs things doing now. Um, and there's so many different factors that, that, can, uh, that can play a role in scoping what you do every day. Uh, there never seems to be consistency anymore in, in the way that we approach our days. Um, watching this happen in the wider scape, I think you see things happen like... Uh, Gordon Ramsay when he does Kitchen Nightmares, he'll quite often bring a chef to one side and say you're being a busy idiot because mm. you're doing the work that doesn't need to be done. Um, the things that can be taken away from your stress and your pressures that aren't done particularly well. Uh, and I know in, in my life there's, there's a never-ending scope of, can I get a quick turnaround on this? Or I need this information for a report. Is it important? Mm. Or is it just urgent because somebody needs to fill something on their task list because they're mm -hmm. accountable for something? I think we see that more and more as technologies come into our lives. And I would imagine Andrew, and I forgot to say at the beginning that Andrew uh, in his day job is uh, one of the leading GMs for TGR Fridays. Um, and I would imagine so much of what you do is in the moment because the guest in front of you is urgent because they're there. They're not going to be waiting for too long or they'll, they'll leave and go to a competitor. But how do you deal with all of the other stuff that's coming at you that from head office, from other colleagues, perhaps maybe members of your own team and you, you hit the nail on the head. Is it urgent? Is it important? Was it both? And how you structure that, which is where I think you know, Daniel referred to the time matrix, the Eisenhower matrix, as it was originally called. It's a good frame of reference, I think, for helping you to say, when stuff comes at you, what do I do? Do I do it? Do I not? Do I push back? Maybe no, not now is the answer. Um, there's a, a fabulous piece of research that I'll, I'll happily share. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, uh, by Dr. Beat Bournemouth, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly, and Graham Alcott, um, who wrote the book How to Be a Productivity Ninja, which I highly recommend. It's an excellent book, particularly about, um, from a technology point of view, how you might want to think about email and uh, managing your outlook more effectively. But they talked about this idea of a triple cognitive overload. So data being one of us, so much information is coming at us. Um, it used to be that we spent you know, two and a half hours, or we are spending two and a half hours a day often searching for information. Now that could be an email, 
going through those uh, folders, we've got too many subfolders set up, or even on our, our desktops or laptops, etc. looking through our files. Then there's the communication overload, which Daniel, I think you touched upon with this idea of notifications coming at you almost non-stop. Uh, used to be the mail came a couple of times a day, well, we all know now it's coming every few seconds. And then there is the cognitive overload. And I think for this, this is really about when I'm interrupted, it's going to take me a few seconds to get back to what I was focused on. So the deep work, you've probably heard that phrase before. Well, it's taking us time away from what we need to achieve every time we're distracted, but then getting back into what we need to achieve, it takes us longer. And I think, has the situation got worse in the last 10 years? I think it probably has. Um, and as Daniel said, technology is getting better, yet we've got a challenge of it's even harder to stay focused. So yeah, maybe this is just modern life. Maybe we've, we've just got to live with it, but I, I'm not so sure. And I do wonder if maybe we need to go back and I say the timeless principles that Lee wrote about in his book, Time Management Magic, is really kind of where we are. I suppose it was that where we started from then. Absolutely. And I think it was one of the points that Lee Cockrell made very early on in, um, in his book, which informed the way in which we've taken his, his principles into what we've uh, talking about today that we have 160 hours in a week um, and it's all around what can we achieve in that time and helping us to differentiate between those that seem to achieve more with the tasks that they have and those that seem to be out of control uh, during that period of time those 168 hours now I guess if I follow the Disney theme is that a magic process is it, or is that something more practical and I guess so Walt Disney himself said that very well in his quote, there is no magic to the magic, it's all in the details. And this is around how we control our time. And certainly people appear to be effective in their personal time management, but they may not be the most busiest looking people to, to Andrew's point around being busy idiots. They might come across a bit like a graceful swan on the water, when in fact, it's around the discipline and consistency of the uh, process that they put in and uh, in place for themselves that enables them to be more productive. And really, as we've kind of learned from Lee and as we're, we're kind of um, espousing as part of this podcast, there really are two undeniable truths. And those are that the most productive people do not get everything done but they get the most important things done. And that really comes back to the point that I said around discerning between this urgency versus the important. But the most productive people do not get the most important things done by accident. And that's because they have this system which they're very disciplined, they're very consistent in the way in which they follow it. And it almost becomes habitual that they look at the important things that they need to complete first before the urgent and they do that process day in and day out yeah i mean that's it in a nutshell it's about the old we talk about it so much dis discipline and consistency but it's creating a system that can you know, give people some hope that they can take back some control in their lives from the busy urgent stuff that's coming at them all of the time but making sure that some of the things that are important and something we'll get on to that lee talks about is this idea of the hard questions and things that quite frankly may not pay off for 10, 20, 30 years that we need to be doing something about. 
Um, we like to say it's not about the hours that you put in, it's about what you put in to those hours. And that really comes back to that point you make, Daniel, and Andrew touched upon. I think what's really important, but not urgent, is so often at the mercy of what is urgent. So let's try and cut out some slivers of time to get those really important things done. Now, as Daniel said, the, the book that Tim, I'm oh, sorry, to leave and has, wrote, has written about this topic, Time Management Magic, does contain those timeless principles and really gets people focused on what matters most in their life. Now, last year, we had the opportunity to speak to Lee about his work uh, writing Time Management Magic. And I asked him for his perspective why he thinks people need this. So let's have a quick listen to the recording of that interview with Lee and uh, we'll come back and, and share our thoughts about what we think Lee has said. Yeah, I think a lot of people uh, start living life and uh, things happen and they think there's nothing, nobody's responsible for that. Uh, it couldn't be helped. It was an accident. And really, uh, it's not. It's a state of mind. If you want to get things done, you'll get them done. Uh, when people say, well... I didn't get this done. I didn't get that done. It's just the way it is. I said, nothing's the way it is. It's the way you let it be. You personally, you have decided to let it be the way it is. And if you want to change it, uh, you decide where you want to go, what your destination is. Now, it takes hard work. You've got to make hard decisions. You've got to have hard discussions. You've got to go through some uh, obstacles in your life. You've got to push to overcome them. And the main reason people don't do this is just a lack of self-confidence and because they may have not had successes in the past. And frankly, uh, you've got to get over that. You've got to not underestimate what you can achieve in your life. And of course, like time management magic can make all the difference in the world. And so you'll quit saying that's just the way it is. It'll be the way you want it to be. One thing you've got to think about is what are you doing that's wasting time? Every one of you listening today are doing things in your life that are wasting time. You're spending it with the wrong people. You're uh, wasting time watching television or being on social media when you could be improving your health. You could be improving your education, your knowledge. And uh, you got to pick the things that are important and focus on those. You can't do everything. And that's why time management's about setting priorities, deciding what's going to work for you, and then doing those and forget the others. You can't do everything. And good people who really get their life under control figure out what are the most important things. And they make sure they get those done every day and then let the other stuff fall by the wayside. And uh, that's the way it works. You can learn how to delegate. You can learn how to manage your time. You can learn anything you want to learn. If you, it's, a, it's a mindset. You decide what you want to be. There's so many um, quotable moments for any time you listen to Lee talk. And in a minute, he can drop so many lines that you think, wow, mm. why have I not thought about that before? But um, the, the three main points that I took from that are uh, the first one being, you know, nothing is the way it is, it's the way you let it be. Uh, you, we all have a choice every time we decide to do something or not do something, and it takes some real discipline to make the right decision and to stick to your guns about what you believe in. And I think that pays massively into people's self-confidence um, and, and underestimating what you can achieve in your life. I think so much of what we do is dictated by other people. I, I, I know in my life, from in hospitality, it's normally he who shouts loudest gets my attention, um, which isn't a great way to live your life uh, because you tend to end up concentrating on what everybody else wants you to do and not the things that you should be deciding for yourself whether you want to do them. And then where are you wasting your time? And we can all fit in a binge watch of Game of Thrones. <laughs> As I've done several times. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but do we do the things that are right for us? Do they do the things that are right for our family? Do they do the things that are right for our financial goals, for our career goals, for everything else that we look back at the end of our lives, hopefully, and, and be happy that we made the decisions that we made? Um, and Lee brings that to the forefront of your mind over and over again. Yeah, I, I agree, Andrew, and I love that quote, you know, you, at the end of the video there when he says, you know, you decide what you want to be. And I suppose it's provided us with the basis for why we wanted to create a program based on Lee's book that is accessible to everyone. Uh, and I, I accept there's loads of time management courses out there, but to be honest, I have two concerns about many of these, um, many of them. Some of them seem a little bit too work-centered. And, you know, as Lee says, we only, ha only have one life, so include the personal. Maybe they're a bit too corporate, that's maybe how people might perceive them. But the other thing is, some of them are just a bit complicated. There's a complex system. It's the, the sledgehammer to, to crack a, a nut, if you like. And whether that's the topic to manage your email better, daily prioritization conventions, you know, labeling everything A, B, C, then giving every A a number, it's just, I think for many people it just feels too much and I think maybe they could build up to it perhaps but what we wanted to do is provide people with some simple yet practical approaches that is accessible to everyone and you know I think the small businesses out there which is the lifeblood of the UK and, and any you know, western economy quite frankly uh, they don't necessarily have the time to go on long-winded two three-day workshops so we wanted something that absolutely was one day Okay, it might be the opportunity to do some post work if they want that support, but they can get in a bite-sized way key content, whether you're a multi-unit manager, whether you're a self-employed plumber, whether you're you know, a student, or whether you're just someone with a hell of a lot going on in their life, we really wanted to build upon Lee's book here. And I suppose we've played a bit with the uh, magic theme. And the idea is the heart of what we're talking about are five productivity spells. So Daniel, tell us a little bit more about these five productivity spells. Absolutely. And as you say, Lee, there are five of them. So we have number one, the clarity spell. Number two, the planning spell. Number three, the technology spell. Number four, the meeting spell. And number five, the delegation spell. So let's start the conversation let's continue the yeah, conversation great. really with uh, understanding a little bit more around clarity do we need a magic wand though that's what people might be wondering don't uh, i have to put on my harry potter glasses at this point as well <laughs> so um absolutely let's start with clarity because i think clarity is really really important in our lives because we've already talked about the clarity of of helping us to discern what is urgent versus important but with clarity we also need to understand what we can and cannot control um, and for us, it's helping us to identify the goals that really matter to us, both, as you say, at work, which is important to us all, of course, but also in our wider lives and our, our whole uh, objectives really for the next 10, 20, 30 years. Um, and that's really where, again, getting clarity of what's the here and now, what is the short term focus that we're looking at. But as you know, Lee Cockrell says, what are the things that are going to pay back in 20, 30, 40 years time, the longer term objectives? So for us, it's all about how do we get clear around writing goals that are very succinct, that focus on what we want to achieve over the next three months with just one or two specific outcomes with equivalent measures uh, and those steps that will help us to achieve it. You know, the one to three things that we need to achieve with excellence. And really what we're saying is by spending focused time in those activities with a clear outcome, with a clear measure, you know, ultimately up to 60 minutes a quarter, you're more likely to be clear of what you want to uh, achieve during that time, but more likely to uh, achieve 
those things with excellence. So, Andrew, you came on the pilot program. You know, when we were talking about the clarity spell, what were some of the key takeaways that you had? Um, I just found the, the clarity spell is incredibly personal. And I think that's what makes the course so different to, to normal training courses. Um, because it's not just about how many choices you make or how many goals you set. It's about the, the fact that you're, they're your goals and they're not being dictated by anybody else. So they're not just about how many things can I get done this week at work? How can I get my boss's tasks done quickly enough for them to be happy with me? And it's not about creating smart goals that we've all heard about over and over again. It's about making really hard life choices, deciding what kind of a person you want to be and looking inside yourself to see whether you're going to be happy with the decisions that you make day in, day out, that add up to a year or add up to 10 years or add up to a career. And a lot of these things don't pay off initially Hmm. because the reality is you've still got a boss. And even if you're right at the top, you've still got shareholders. So you're always going to have someone to answer to. Mm -hmm. But knowing that you're making decisions every day that pay off to what you want out of your life, for yourself, for your family, for the people around you that matter to you, that are going to pay off when when you're old and grey, that's, that's the part of life that I feel is missing. I think that so many of us um, get up every day and work really hard for the great machine that is the world. And we all try and fill, fill it with data or fill it with profit. And we all try and analyse who's doing the best at that. Mm. But taking the time to take a step back in the, in the structure that you've provided in the, in the hour a month, 30 minutes a week, 10 minutes a day, to think about what do I want to get out of this? Is, is the most important part. That, that clarity about what do I want to get out of this, not just what does everybody else want me to do. It's so important. I think it's lost on the modern workforce. Yeah, I, yeah it's one of the things, Andrew, that I, I um, a bit of a rant here, but I, I think time management as a, as a concept is something that you really should be taught at a school level. Um, and particularly with the challenges that Daniel said earlier with technology and how distracting that can be, how to manage it more effectively, I suppose, is really what we want to do. I also want to pick up on that point you made around smart. I mean, regularly uh, listeners to our podcast will know and hear me ranting about people knowing what smart is, but not necessarily knowing how to write a smart objective. But where they tend to be, dare I say better, they often are work-related. When you start getting into that lovely topic of personal growth and development, they become much woollier, nebulous, and those hard choices that you refer to, um, this idea you know, what I'm doing to plan for my health, for my family in the future, for retirement. I was one of my best friends yesterday, got two kids, and you know what, I don't have a will, and I really should have a will. I've been talking about doing it for about three years. Okay, what are you gonna do in the next seven days? I'll go online and I'll find five companies that I could do a will with. That's it, just that one little thing. And for me, that's what brings us neatly into the planning spell. And I remember Daniel and I having some uh, robust conversations about, do we just lump the planning spell and the clarity spell together? Because aren't they the same thing? And we felt, well, actually, no, there is a distinction between coming up with a sense of where do I want to go, which is the goal, which may, yeah, and should have a measure. But there's a world of difference between having that, dare I say, a statement of intent with an actual plan to get you there. So the objective for me is the, how are we going to get there? The steps along the route. It is the GPS that gives you the turn by turn instructions, if you like, that will help you to get to where you ultimately want to be, which is the goal part. So that is about the planning spell. And as Andrew already alluded, and I'm glad he remembered from the program, this idea of 60 minutes a quarter, which Daniel just spoke about, to set out what are the two or three big things. Then in a weekly basis, What am I going to do? So connecting on a weekly basis back to those goals 
and saying, what am I gonna do in the next seven days that might just help me get some of those goals um, delivered with excellence? And some weeks, yeah, you won't do anything on that particular goal that you wanted to achieve. But you know what? If you get three, four, five weeks down the line and you've not done anything about one of those big goals, that needs to be a red flag for you to say, hang on a moment, I said this was important, but I'm not actually translating that into action. So for me, the weekly piece around the planning spell is 30 minutes just saying, what am I going to do to achieve those big two or three goals that I wanted to achieve for the quarter? Working out, we talk about you know identifying, Lee has a phrase, what's important now, or the wins. What are three big wins, up to three, that you would have in a week that you want to say you've achieved? And then on a daily basis, very similar. What are the things that I'm going to do today? Going to be very task-oriented, I'm sure, that again, Lee would call the what's important now, that I'm going to get achieved. And I think at this point, on a daily basis, I would be scheduling in time to do it. So yeah, many of us, we have a calendar, we schedule new meetings, we schedule new phone calls with people. This is about scheduling time with yourself to get stuff done that matters to you. And that's both yet at work, but maybe I'm gonna schedule between 8.30 and nine, the kids are in bed, and I'm gonna be researching companies that provide online wills for the sake of argument. Whatever it may be, I'm gonna make sure that I do what I say I'm gonna do. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Lee. Like the, the focusing on the, the three wins, what's important for now um, make asking yourself those hard questions you know what is the most difficult thing that I'm going to do today what is it I'm doing that first and getting it out of the way knowing that the the difficult decisions pay off is, is the most important thing so reflecting back on it if you've made the goal and you're, or you've or you've written it down or you've, you've put it in your tracker and then seen back at the end of the week that you've now not got so many problems it sounds like common sense but you don't have as many things to deal with next week because you've done the hard things and Lee Cockrell always says in his podcast that, you know, if you do the hard things, life gets easier. Mm. If you do the easy things, life just gets harder. So I think taking that time for yourself, for your week, for your family, for your future is the most important part that I took away from that. Yeah, I'd say one of the secret ingredients here is this idea of constantly going back and saying, what did I say I was going to do 90 days ago or 30 days ago in my quarterly planning? What am I going to do this week? So you're constantly checking back in on that and then having it kind of open. Um, Daniel's going to talk a little bit in the moment, if you don't mind, Daniel. I'd like to get your views on whether or not a paper approach or a digital approach is better, but whichever one um, you decide, and I think it is a personal choice, but whatever one you decide, I, I, would, I think Daniel would agree with me, it's about making it easy for you to see it so you can keep in touch with it and you can keep going back. Have I done what I said I was going to do this morning? Or have I done what I said I was going to do at the beginning of the week? We would very much espouse that it is a personal choice. And of course, there are lots of pros and cons to a number of systems. And the, the one that I would say is, is probably on a little bit of a comeback now is paper. Mm, and for, okay. for me, this is something that I can relate with. I've actually just gone back to paper and pen because I was becoming more fascinated with auto-correcting, you know, the, the pencil or the electronic pencil on my iPad there. How do I actually correct the, the words and actually trying to focus on the conversation I was having. So for me, pen and paper has always been a very personal experience and, and one that I've actually enjoyed um, because I think our, our hands get lazy over time from, from touch typing. It, it's quite nice to hold a good quality pen. But with pen as well, you also have the ability to use different colors to highlight 
different parts of conversations or different actions you're taking. You've got the ability to highlight key information, which again, you're just doing instinctively. You're not having to worry about doing this on a tablet or on a laptop. It's just there. You can start to circle things. And there's that greater sense of speed and immediacy with, with pen and paper. It, it's so funny that you're saying that. It really, um, it's the tactile experience of the physical feel of writing on paper just obviously is different to typing on a screen or even using a, a stylus or something, an Apple pencil, whatever on the screen. There is something different, isn't there, about a- it? Absolutely. And I think it's also, it helps just in terms of spelling, punctuation, and grammar, all the things that you kind of <laughs> rely on too much now with technology. You know, I'm constantly looking for the little red squiggle underneath my, my words now, if I was using Word, for example, but it actually just helps keep my brain alive with the spelling. And, and that in turn helps with my children's uh, weekly spelling test. You know, just, you know, if I can't do it myself, what kind of role model am, am I really being to, to her in that? But of course, paper can be messy. And again, it's around that discipline of where do I house that paper? Mm, um, you know, we all love a good post-it note. We all love, you know, in the absence of a notepad or a notebook there, we go for the next available, you know, writing instrument, you know, but it can become very messy. It's also, you know, at danger of being lost, misplaced, things being spilt on it, so to speak. And you really only have the physical copy in, in hand. Whereas, you know, if I'm writing on my iPad, for example, of course, that's being synchronized to the cloud. So for me, you know, there are some limitations. The other limitation as well is that it, it is my notes. So um, fortunately, I don't have doctor's scrawl when I'm handwriting, but you are relying if I am passing that note on to other people that they can make uh, a sense of my, my handwriting. But then I'm not writing in duplicate or triplicate all the time. So if I'm assigning that task, you know, electronically, that's very easy to very much send an email or a task request electronically. But in paper, how do I do that? Do I mm-hmm. take a photocopy of it? What happens if the other person I'm giving to makes notes? Suddenly my copy is out of date. So again, there's a lot of pros and cons of, of paper. And I guess some of those cons that I've talked about is really where you get the digital pros. And for, for the biggest one that I personally enjoy is having things in one place, mm. being able to organize it and having the sense of confidence that my notes are being backed up, whether that be in the cloud, but across all of my devices. And, and for me, that, that comes down to the C of what I just said, being connected. I don't want to feel as though I'm not connected to whatever note, um, you know, even photograph, uh, iMessage, whatever it may be, because these systems very much work um, together. The other pros, of course, is about that shared accountability. So if I am assigning tasks to others, we can actually track digitally the progress being made on that. But it can also help, uh, particularly in Outlook and other productivity tools that you will use yourself to prioritize. Um, And certainly there, if I'm using categories or if I'm just using capitalization or a different color to differentiate between the important and urgent, that's a really good visual uh, aid when it comes to looking at, to Andrew's point, what do I prioritize first? Where do I spend my 60 minutes looking at the most important things? Then as I go into my daily planning and my um, uh, weekly planning rather, and then my daily review, how many of those tasks have I actually completed? But the challenge of working in digital is that we're not just focused on creating tasks or creating notes in one area. 
So we are going back to what I said at the liberty of our notifications, the email pop up, you know, phone calls, for example. It could be that we get distracted or something else pops into mind. And to your point, Lee, how do we go back and have the discipline of really that deep thought and concentration? Um, So, of course, it's as I said, just at the beginning of that um, piece around technology, it is very personal, but it is all around the discipline. If you find a system that works, stick to it. Of course, you can add on uh, additional things and, and additional ways of, of working, but you should have a core system for tracking um, both notes and any of your emails, your contacts, um, and your, your documents in general. Yeah, I, at the very beginning there, Daniel, when you started talking about, I mean, this is the technology spell in a, in a nutshell and the challenge of the decision. I've got a new app, let's get the new one. Oh, I've had it a week, let's get another one. I mean, I've called it before productivity porn and it is. It's so easy to, to be distracted to use these different types of systems. As you say, find one and stick to it. I mean, I was the guy back in the 90s who had the Firefax and that was my life. And then I left it on a, a train and I felt like my life had you know, ended at that point. Um, so I, that kind of forced me to using a more of a digital solution. But I've recently, and I am Mr. Tech, I love my, I love my devices, but I've moved back to a planner um, for exactly the reasons you've said, the physical feel, but also that I'm not distracted. There's no emails and there's no temptation to jump from my 10 minutes a day planning into my email or to Snapchat or whatever it may be. Um, because I can get just just focused on it. Um, and I, I absolutely agree. And I think it's it's really interesting when you're working with multiple clients because yeah, how how consistent are you to your own system, or are you downloading additional apps, or are you changing your process to accommodate other people you're working with? Can I just, that's a really good point because I started and I would have a notebook for maybe different. Uh, clients that I've been working with but of course during the day someone might ring you who you're not working with from another client and well I don't have their notebook with me so I felt like well I needed a system for note taking that allowed me and I I openly will say I mean you've got Google Docs out there you've got OneDrive for Microsoft the 365 system I use Evernote um, I think it's a great system but it it doesn't matter which system you choose to use but to your point Daniel stick with it don't try and change every five minutes. I mean, that's the, uh, the, the very easy way to get very frustrated, even more frustrated. Um, I still will do digital, as I say. The task list that I have, we refer to it as part of the technology spell as the cauldron, um, where you put everything in, work, personal. I've got stuff in there that's you know, two years' time remembering me to cancel a subscription or something. And it is very much the Einstein thing about getting out of your brain getting it on paper, or in this case, a digital uh, system, so that I can concentrate on doing what the brain's better at. Um, so that's the technology spell. And we also get into the idea of how to use your email a little bit more effectively. Uh, we don't you know, major on this. As I say, there are, there's some fantastic books out there that will get into much greater detail, but just some top tips that, that Daniel and I built into the program. Um, and it also, when to use technology. So some great stuff around well-being, in terms of not using technology at night, the white light, the backlit uh, effect that it has on the brain, etc. So I think that's a, a pretty fascinating part of the program and definitely one that uh, gets a lot of, uh, generates a lot of debate and a, a lot of questions. And I think it's one that we could have easily, you know, yeah. spent days in, in workshops and in material creating, but it comes back to what we were saying about how productivity can help but also um, how it can hinder 
your um, overarching you know productivity and that leisure time how do you take back control yeah um, again is just one element of that yeah the impact of that work and leisure time crashing together and Daniel you referred again to the education piece mm. yeah even at work uh, how often do and I don't mean to this IT departments here but how often are people giving out new bits of equipment and they just think by touching that new laptop or that new iPad the user suddenly by osmosis knows how to use it uh, and it's staggering I think to us how often things such as Outlook which you think well everyone knows how to use email yeah they might know the basics but I taught someone not so long ago how to set up a distribution list and you'd think I just you know solve world hunger or something or world peace because they were typing in 25 individual email addresses every time well they've never been shown it so my plea to our technology friends out there is when you're handing out these toys teach people how to use them anyway I'm going to get off the soapbox of technology um, <laughs> the next meeting uh, spell is the meeting spell now uh, Andy ever been to a uh, pool meeting nah never been to a pool meeting and uh, you know before I went on this course I definitely never ran a pool meeting either <laughs> of course it wouldn't no, no one never does uh, don't ask anyone that works for me <laughs> um, I think the frustrations that we all have with meetings are that you know they, they don't start on time or sometimes they don't stay on track don't finish on time mm. all very time based things um, a lot of the times we, we have no specific action items we do them because that's the process yeah lots of chat that's how we uh, we delegate the information across the uh, the brand that we work in, or whichever company we work in, um, or we don't get any work uh, walkaway points from it. Uh, there's no clear purpose set out at the start. We're not particularly inspiring or motivating. People just going through the motions. They're not organised, and more often than not, I don't think I've ever been to a meeting that was too short. So they're always too long. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have a feeling, Andrew, you're not the only person here. You're definitely not alone. And this is one of the areas along with the technology spell that we felt we really wanted to build upon some of the uh, ideas and topics that Lee refers to in the book. And I think they're the biggest, next to email, the biggest drag of productivity is people going to meetings when you think, what was the point? Or do I need to be here? Maybe it was a good meeting, but I didn't really need to be there. So in a sense, the, the meeting spell is, is our approach to try and solving that challenge. Um, and if you're a participant in someone else's badly run meeting, there's only so much you can do. But you know, guess what? Be the one where people say, Andrew has called a meeting. Oh, that's fine. I don't mind going to Andrew's meetings. They finish on time. They have clear direction, as you said, Andrew. So for us, there's a number of ingredients to the meeting spell about how you plan the meeting, how you facilitate the meeting, if you like, and then how you actually follow up on the meeting. Because I think sometimes the follow-up bit is forgotten. So we have six ingredients. And one of the ingredients is just thinking about, do we even need to meet? Or if we do, is the format a physical meeting? Um, it's easy today, uh, to some degree, to use meeting technology to get out there. Um, again, not endorsing any particular system, but there are many out there that allow you to do virtual meetings. Um, I read a book recently about remote management and one of the uh, topics that was highly prized by the author was he's now saying, I won't have 
a telephone conversation unless it's a video call. Because I want to see, and he's talking about his own team, by the way, but I want to see their face. I want to see the whites of their eyes and any kind of one-to-one conversation, unless it's an emergency, that's different. But any planned call will be done using Skype or FaceTime or whatever system you choose to use. And again, it's never as good as meeting in person. That will, I don't think that's going to be replicated anytime soon. Hopefully the Star Wars style holograms are coming, but it ain't happening anytime soon. So whilst if you can't meet in person or it's not economically viable to do so conference call is uh, I think the best thing any thoughts on that Daniel? Uh, absolutely I think you can get um, and this comes back to the point I'm saying it's very easy to get bamboozled by the number of different calendar invites inviting yeah. you to a WebEx to a GoTo to a Zoom to a Blue Jeans. again it doesn't really matter because it comes down to the outcomes of those meetings and it was one of the things that Andrew you said you know what is it that we're here to discuss what is my contribution that I will be making during that meeting and what will I be walking away with and, and you know virtual is great to reduce all of the costs of travel and being more productive but if it has no follow-up and if it's not documented and nobody's held accountable to it you're right back to you know square one with you know the sense and feeling that what have I really achieved by having that conversation or that meeting today yeah every action point with an owner not the team a, a specific owner there may be other people doing it but a specific owner and of course never ever 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 use that whole word ongoing for a deadline have a clear <laughs> set I know it's a bit of a thing for me Andrew Use uh, regular listeners will know my uh, my affliction to the word so last up is the delegation spell, which we all felt, again, was another critical factor into being more productive. So tell us a little bit more about this final piece in the puzzle, Daniel. Now, delegation is, is again, one of these words that's bounded around in conversations quite a lot. And, and what does it really mean? Well, for us, it's all about delegating um, to another person who perhaps has the, the required skill set or it represents a development opportunity for them to really deliver with excellence the tasks that you're actually giving to them. Delegation is not abdication. I think there's a clear line between the two. You're not just going to get rid of the things that you don't enjoy doing. You're actually looking at this from a learning opportunity as well. Um, And this is all about making sure that the person you're delegating to is actually bought in and understands the task that they're completing as well. You're not just going to swoop in and Mm -hmm. dump that task on them. There's going to be a level of communication and human interaction beforehand. But... In, in that preparation and in that planning stage that we've talked and almost that clarity spell that we talked about right at the beginning of this podcast is for us to carefully think about what and why we are actually delegating this task and the person that we're selecting. Um, because then we really can identify who is the right person and have that conversation with them around how they're going to do it. Um, and we, of course, talk in the, the program around what empowerment really is because when you're delegating you are actually letting go and there is a sense of trust that's being formed between you as the person delegating the task and the person responsible for now delivering it so we talk during the program around several seven levels of autonomy Um, and to give you some examples you know i can either wait to be told and then thereafter do exactly what i say follow these instructions precisely or you can start to get the agreement and buy-in from the other person and actually solicit their ideas and say okay here's what we need to do tell me how you think you're going to go about completing this task now that i'm comfortable and confident with that response 
go and do that and let's then decide when we're actually going to check in. See, that sounds to me, Darren, I think you're talking really about that latter piece is true empowerment. They own it. Absolutely. You know, if you have taken the, the first step of delegating it and you've invested the time and setting them up for success, you've got to let it go thereafter. You know, there's no point micromanaging that person thereafter, standing behind them, watching their every move, because that's not empowerment. That's just micromanagement. So for me, it's about making sure that, of course, it's all based on the, the task and the circumstance and the situation that you find yourself in. And just because somebody may have got prior experience in that doesn't mean that you're abdicating it and, and assuming that they can do this new task with excellence. So there's always going to be that level of input, but thereafter you come up with and decide between you how much autonomy and authority they have to make decisions uh, that will obviously influence the outcome. Yeah, let's face it, leadership's about developing other people to be up to be leaders themselves. Sure. And uh, that requires a level of delegation. And I think it's a, a critical skill to learn, not just from a time management perspective, because actually the benefit for them is their growth, their uh, their learning is is expanding as they take on more responsibility. And yes, it helps you because it frees that up. So ladies and gents, that's kind of the five productivity spells in a bit of a, a nutshell. So let's just recap. We had the clarity spell, which is just getting clear, not just about work, but also about the things that matter in your life, the hard choices perhaps, what do you want to achieve? And then the next spell, the planning spell, is about then putting a plan into place. Even though that plan might be 10, 20, 30 years in the making, that will help you to get each week, each day, just a little bit closer to where you want to be. The technology spell trying to tackles that you know, very uh, ongoing and arguably engaging challenge around how do we manage all of this great tech that we've got so that we master it, we are the boss, and it doesn't distract us from achieving the great work that we need to do. The meeting spell tries to tame the challenge of how many meetings we have that just don't achieve to appear to deliver, that don't appear to actually be effective, whether we are particularly the person in charge, but also maybe we can start to challenge back to others uh, about meetings that we're being invited to by asking some core questions, you know, what do you want me to contribute at this meeting? And the last one that Daniel and Andrew were just referring to there, the delegation, for me, that's actually the ultimate secret to productivity because if you can't learn to delegate and to do it in a way that you uh, inspire that trust in the individual you're delegating to, but through smart trust, through, yeah, the levels of delegation, not just, yeah, go, get on with it, um, but that's ultimately the way to really free yourselves up and to give you some more time back for what really matters most to you. So, Andrew, I'm going to put you on the spot. Now, you who have, uh, you've been to the pilot, you've taken away the material, but you've also, I know, read Lee's book, Time Management Magic. So, from the program, from Lee's work, what would you say are the key takeaways for you? Uh, well, I like to work in threes, so we'll go for three. <laughs> I think the the very first part comes from, from the, the beginning of the course, and if you do decide to take the course, please take the pre-work seriously. Find yourself a, a quiet room, mm. uh, lock yourself away and take the time out of your day to, to really look at yourself and, and, and what you want out of doing the course and what you want to change for yourself. Because asking yourself the hard questions is, is the most difficult part of this. Why do I do what I want to do? And why, what do I want to get out of doing it? Um, so that first section of the, of the course is, is key, really. I think the rest of it, uh, isn't going to get you much further on than you are. You'll just be refining yourself, which we all tend to do. We all try to find, 
a quicker way to reply to an email, a quicker way to get a task done so we can get more done. Let's just get more done. Let's get more done. And then we'll be successful. And it doesn't work that way. So find the real insight from yourself is, is the most important part for the start. Uh, the planning spell is then the next thing that I, that I took because it's all about discipline. Um, and in this changing world where your focus can be shifted by the, by the millisecond, uh, by an alert on your phone, mm. or you know anything that goes on around you every single day, it's going to be very difficult more and more to be disciplined about things and to schedule regular times to do the things that you're going to do. So there is flexibility in it, but having that, that reminder in your, in your mind to come back to it and knowing that if you've not taken the time to think about yourself and think about what you want out of the day or out of the week or out of the month, that you should feel bad about that because there's so many other people telling you just to worry about what they want from you, that you should be telling yourself that you need to get the right things from yourself. So the discipline from the planning spell. Uh, and then the best practices. So we're all learning. We all, we all have to learn things every day. We all, we all win and we lose. Um, but the best practices around the email, uh, the, the way we reply to messages about whether we should be using it or not, mm. whether we should be using WhatsApp groups or <laughs> chain letters or any other things that we, we do that, that don't always work. Um, and, and having the, the time to take a step away from that and make sure you get a good night's rest rather than answering an email at two o'clock in the morning because that's just not okay, <laughs> is it? <laughs> it's not okay to be replying to people at two o'clock in the morning. Uh, the meeting stuff as well, like everything that goes into the course was an eye-opener for me. Not just because it, it's great advice, but because it makes you really look with a microscope at what you do in the way that you do it in an objective way that we don't do enough of. Andrew, that's lovely to hear, and I'm glad that you know you said that the focus on the hard things, the the methodology that the planning spell gives you, and some of those top tips that uh, um, we share around email management, etc., and notifications, and and just turning your technology off at times, um, they've been some of the things that have made a difference to you. But that's all great, you know, and too many people come away from a workshop and fired up and then do nothing. And so well, I'm going to put you on the spot again, but what would you say you have done? It's been several weeks now, about five weeks since that program. What impact has it had? And you know, I'm also probably going to ask you, if I'm definitely going to ask you, what's your weekly wins for this week? The two or three things that you really wanted to achieve? So, uh, okay. Oh, well, here we go. Um, I think the biggest change for me has been that I no longer feel guilty to take half an hour at the start of my week and shut everything else out and think for myself. Before I open my inbox, before I deal with the, the line of people that want an answer from me from a, an important decision or answer the phone to my boss, I'll sit there and decide, right, it's week 21 of 2019. What am I going to make out of week 21? And, and not feel guilty about doing that because it's so easy at nine o'clock on a Monday morning to think, right, here we go. The ball's ready to run into the pit. Let's go and take the world on without taking that time for introspection. Um, and I really, really do appreciate that, that I can do that without feeling like I'm letting somebody else down. I'm not getting this back to somebody as quickly as they'd like me to. Um, and putting that discipline barrier in there. It makes it easier for me to give other people that space as well. I've had discussions with all of my managers in my business about the way that I manage them and the way that I ask them for things so that I'm not infringing upon their personal time. And, you know, if I'm not contacting them on their days off or if I need something back by a certain date that we, we agree it well in advance and if it's something that needs to change along the route then we have a conversation about it. We don't just wait till the day before before we chase it. And that's really made a big difference to their 
happiness at work and, and they're productive. Well, I hope it has answering for them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I'd absolutely take those as my, my first two. Not feeling guilty and having the self-confidence to, to do the right things for yourself as well as for everybody else that you work with. Okay. I think it's the last thing we all do. We don't put ourselves in that, in that mix very often. Okay, that, that's, that's great again to hear, um, but I'm not going to let you off the hook, Andrew. <laughs> Have you got any weekly wins, two or three, for this week? Yep, and uh, the first one being English, and if, if anyone hears this in America, I'm sure they're going to make jokes out of it, but my first one was that I went to the dentist <laughs> because, because I've been putting it off. I, I got a text from my dentist in January, and they said that I needed to organise my next checkup. And I kept putting it off and kept putting it off because there's lots of work going on. Mm. But my teeth are important and we all know how that um, Americans tend to focus on English people's teeth. And my wife's American, so I need to go make sure I go to the dentist. So I went to the dentist <laughs> on Wednesday. A win in many ways. <laughs> yeah, yes. a, a huge win, a huge win. Um, and then at work, the, the, one of the ones I've had at work this week is that I've scheduled um, my manager's uh, monthly reviews. So they're all going to happen next week uh, because... I have to agree with them now when I'm going to do it and I need them to be prepared for it. I think previously I used to just schedule people's reviews when it was convenient for me and I'd put it on their schedule and tell them it was going to happen but I didn't tell them what I wanted out of the meeting before um, before we had the meeting mm. and they'd all walk in blind. Whereas now to take the time, take the 15 minutes to prepare them for their review, tell them when it is, agree with them the time that's convenient for them, when they're going to be at their best um, and prepare them for the things that I need to talk to them about in the meeting so they can come ready to discuss the issues that, that need to be addressed. Thanks, Andrew. I mean, and I know, let's be perfectly honest, I am no different to anyone else. There are days when I fall off the productivity wagon. <laughs> so come some Sundays, I don't sit there and do my three daily wins. Um, I try to, and probably more often than not, I do, but I don't do it every week I, or every, every Sunday. Uh, weekly planning, I think I'm pretty good. I probably missed it once in six months now, uh, so I've really got into a routine with that. But when you do fall off because life comes crashing in and something goes wrong, just get back on, onto the horse, onto the wagon whichever metaphor you want to use and, and stick with it. it it requires a disciplined effort without a shadow of a doubt so thanks Andrew I think that our goal today was to give you a bit of insight into why we felt it was important that time management and productivity is a ongoing issue as we know but we wanted to give you a sense of why have we created based on these book this this great new one program one day session time management magic and we wanted to give you a flavor of the content uh, about the five productivity spells in particular that you could be casting Let's be honest, reading these books, attending the workshop or any other book on time management or any other workshop, however important that is, it is just the first step towards achieving consistent, better personal productivity. And one of the points that Lee made in the interview that I did with him last year is you've really got to take action and, and that's really down to you. It's got to be about that personal commitment. Just thought I'd share with you a, f a few thoughts, further thoughts from Lee about this as we bring today's episode to a close. You won't feel excited if you don't get started because if two or three weeks from you say, I'm going to start at the beginning of the year, by then you'll forget about half of this. Uh, your enthusiasm will have drained. You're back in the pitfalls of work every day and traffic and, and you'll, you'll fall back into your old habits. Anything, anytime something's great, you got to get started on it and then you got to stick with it four or five, six weeks, maybe a couple of months and all of a sudden you won't know how to work any other way. You won't start a day without planning time. 
you will now start to think about the important things you should do every day. You'll think about priorities. You'll think about what's urgent, what's important, what's vital. You'll start to think that way. You'll start to think about how important it is to show appreciation to somebody today or encouragement or, uh, or respect. All these things you're going to learn. And uh, so it's a system. Like any system, you know, once you do it and you start to learn to do it, then that's the way you do it. Uh, if you don't have a system, you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to get it done. You're going to have regrets in your life. So be tough about this. It works. I guarantee you it made all the difference in my career. Frankly, being disciplined and organized and having a good attitude are the two reasons that I had so much success. And if you're lacking discipline, you're not going to have success. So you've got to nail this one down and quit having excuses for not getting things done. The only person in your life that can control your life is you. So if you don't do this, it's your fault. If you do do it, you're going to be really happy and you're not only going to have a good life, you're going to have a great life and you're going to get all those things you want. I just love Lee's clarity there. Absolutely putting it back rightly where it belongs in our, the ball was in our court. And uh, he's imploring us, don't just settle for a good life, have a great life. Now, we hope you've really enjoyed this exploration of the topic of time management, in particular through the lens of our new program, Time Management Magic. We would love our listeners to be able to experience this program, and we've got two ways in which you can do that. Option one, of course, attend a public program. Uh, you can head over to the Eventbrite site, search for Time Management Magic, and you'll always come across the current dates, and we normally plan about a quarter in advance that are available. We are keen to run this program all over the UK. We don't just want to be London centric. So look for, uh, for example, in May, we're definitely coming to Manchester. We want to get to Liverpool, Edinburgh, other cities in the UK during the uh, 2019 and beyond. Um, also, of course, you can look for us to run the program in-house. So we've got a small team or a large team, the opportunity is there for MMU to deliver a version of time management magic for you in your business. If that interests you, you'll find this email address in the show notes, but contact us at masteringmultiunits.com and we can get in contact with you. Now, we'd like to give you a special offer uh, for anyone who is our listener of the Multisite Masters podcast. You can get £50 discount per person for any programs you attend, whether that's a public or an in-house program. The code that you would use on Eventbrite if you're using a public program is TIMEMAGIC50. That's TIMEMAGIC, all one word, 50, just the numbers, and you would use that at the checkout. If you're contacting us about an in-house program, just put that uh, into the email that you send. So my thanks today to Andrew Lawson and to Daniel Mills for their contributions to this topic. I'd also like to say thank you as ever to our producer, Sam Walsh, who makes these podcasts sound as good as they possibly can. The show notes will contain the key details from today, but also I'll make a link to that article that I mentioned, the three cognitive overloads, which I think is a superb article that puts this topic into perspective. Thank you again for today. And if you remember one thing, please remember this. It really isn't about the hours that you put in. It's about what you put in to those hours. Good luck. Until next time, take care.